Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God, and we're in Joel is what we're talking about. I'm going to do another broadcast, too, and we're going to talk about uh, things like the Act of 1871 and things like that, but I'm going to have a guest on on that, and uh, we're going to go over a lot of the misconceptions that people have about our more modern history, but what we talked about this morning in Joel was the first two chapters of Joel, which was a prophet talking about all the problems that we're having today with everything from COVID uh, to uh, the, 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 which is the fake pandemic and the coming pandemic that is going to be coming after that, as well as the famine and everything else because of a spiritual mindset and soul set, if we can use that word, that is taking over the thinking of the people. And of course, Christ saw this at the time of Christ. And of course, there were men like Polybius and and uh, Plutarch who were predicting and, and foretelling what was going to happen with the Roman Empire. And how the people were going to be, because they were slothful, they would go under tribute and then there would be corruption in the government and the government, people in the government would destroy the treasury and eat up all the value of the people and eventually they took the silver out of the Roman silver denarii and and the gold disappeared and uh, the people be- ended up going through not only uh, famines but inflation and all these kinds of things. I mean, you could buy a uh, a modius of wheat for like a denarii, uh, just before the time of Christ and not long after Christ, uh, about a hundred years, hundred AD or so, uh, the price of a, a modius of wheat went up to like hundreds of thousand denarii because of course there was no more silver in the denarii. Those kinds of things have happened throughout history when people get the idea that we don't need present value in our money. Well, the same thing happens when you give power to governments. And before you know it, they they have swarms of offices like a locust. They're eating out your substance. And when you cry out to God, he doesn't hear you because you haven't done what God said. You've done the absolute opposite of what God said. All this is covered in the Bible. All the prophets, Samuel covers this. Peter talks about it. Peter quotes Joel, which we went through this morning. Now, just as we were ending the two hours this morning on this study, which will all be available at preparingyou.com and eventually available at hisholychurch.org, and, uh, and we'll be putting up audios because we're, we have been censored. A show we put up just a week or so ago, uh, we were threatened. The people putting it up, it wasn't going up on our regular channel. It was going up on one of our associate channels that is put up by other people. That's the way the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is individuals coming together, working for a common goal. So one individual had a channel, put together an audio that was part of one of these programs, and he edited out what he thought was really important. He was going to put up about 27 minutes in a YouTube. 
And YouTube said that if you try to put it up again, they shut it down. They, you know, canceled that particular, erased it. And they said if you try to put it up again, they would cancel his whole channel. Of course, it wasn't going to cancel our channel, but it would cancel his channel because he was putting up one of the programs that we actually did here on this station. Because there is this spirit of censorship, which is another part of that, you know, that that censorship spirit. This the spirit. Once you begin to see all the physical things going on in the spirit, because everything has a spiritual or, or order to it. Because in the beginning, uh, there was the spirit, and the spirit was made flesh. Now, when they say that, most people, you know, they get that. You can memorize that. You can repeat it. But you don't really understand it. Because the spirit of the thing is what gives it life. And see, that's one of the amazing things. Is that on this planet, there's a huge amount of spirit. All the spirits are not good. (laughs) Just a little heads up on that. All the spirits are not good. And some of those spirits are gaining greater and greater control. And it's the spirit of... Corruption, the spirit of destruction. And they don't want to just kill you. They want to kill your seed. They want to destroy you and wipe you off the face of the earth. Right now, we are in a valley full of dead men's bones. And we are trying to get those bones to come together. And then there's a thing you do in order to bring flesh upon those bones. And all this is so that you can receive the breath of the spirit of life that gives life everywhere. And actually can stop dead the spirit of destruction coming in the flesh because that's what's happening the spirit of destruction is getting in the flesh we've mentioned lots of times you have these guys who go out and shoot up everybody they kill they go to some gun-free zone and kill everybody they can they go to gun-free zones because basically they're cowards when they're finally cornered by somebody with a gun they go in the back room and shoot themselves because they're they have the spirit of destruction. They do not want to be captured. They want to be destroyed. And they want to destroy as many people as they possibly can before they go. This spirit is alive and well in the world today. It's in South Africa. It's in the United States. It's in Australia. And your only defense is to repent. Think differently than the way you've been thinking. The way you've been thinking that brought you to this point. And then, when you're thinking differently, now you have to put your thoughts into actions. And that action begins with seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And so we talk a lot about by what's not righteous, so you can know, hey, I've been doing that. And then you can say, that's not righteous. I can see that's not righteous. I don't yet see how unrighteous it is, but I know it's not righteous. So I'm going to try to go the other way. And we never tell you, we never destroy your delusion that you're a good guy without showing you ways to become a good guy. <laughs> and of course, you can't make yourself good. But if you seek the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, same thing, and his righteousness, the righteousness of God, then God will write upon your heart and your mind as long as you clean the slate a little bit. You may have to clean the slate a little bit. Get baptized a little bit. Not just in water, but in fire. In other words, you're going to have to see some stuff about yourself that is very uncomfortable. 
you know, you've you've cheated this woman, you've cheated that man, you lied to this person, you you neglected that person, you whatever. Lots of things you've done wrong. You have to be willing to see that. You can't resolve that sin yourself, but in seeing it, you can surrender to the truth of it and allow God to take that sin away from you. And that's a process. That absolution of sin is a process. But one of the key elements of the absolution of that sin, it's not going to confession or anything like that, although sometimes confessing to other people what you've done can be beneficial because you, you're putting that recognition out there in the open. You should do it with men who are spiritual and are not going to resent you or use that information against you. But... That can be helpful to confess that, you know, anybody who wants to enter into a religious order in the church, which is just a congregation of ministers, that's all a religious order is. I mean, there's the congregations of the people. We wouldn't call that a religious order. We call that a congregation. But a congregation of ordained ministers, would we, we can put the label on that of a religious order, but it's just a congregation of ordained ministers. Ordained ministers are those who comply with the requirements of Christ to be a minister of Christ. And also then they, has to, they have to also be promoting Christ, the real Christ, not the fake Christ that a lot of churches promote, but the real Christ, the whole Christ, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and uh, without any deception. But anyway, when that, those people gather together, that we call a religious order. That's just the terminology of today. I mean, we could say it in Greek, we could say it in Hebrew, but that's what it is, is a congregation of ministers. It, it would actually be considered an altar of stone. And they fit together without anybody hewing those stones, because the altars could, had to be made out of unhewn stone. That just means unregulated stone. So, once... If you've listened to a lot of shows and we have them all available for free, you don't even have to give us your credit card number. <laughs> I don't know what we'd do with it if you gave it to us. But the idea is that, you know, we don't charge for the Sermon on the Mount, but we're telling you how it works. And, of course, now we're in Joel, and we did Chapter 1, and we did Chapter 2, and we will make them available on our page at preparingyou.com. For those of you who are just hearing this audio for the first time, you can go to preparingyou.com. It may eventually be on preparingletteru.com, which is where we put a lot of our podcasts. We also have keysofthekingdom.info. We have a lot of our podcasts there. You can search for Keys of the Kingdom if you, if you have somebody you like to listen to podcasts with. Just search for Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory. And you can get, you know, what I don't know, a lot of them have the, the last 30 podcasts. But we have all of them. Uh, 300, 400, 500, I don't know how many they're up there. And there's a lot of lessons in them. And we've redone a few of them and we have some that are being put up with transcripts of them so that you can do word searches and study and we have descriptions of them at Preparing You. We have a lot of them at Preparing You now under the audios. And we're we're putting this stuff out at a pretty rapid rate. We're going to start even hopefully doing more at a rapid rate because the time is growing short. But as we were closing the show at uh, the second hour, I mentioned the fact that we will look at uh, chapters 3 and 4. Now, in your Greek English Bible, you will only see chapter 3. And uh, that in the Hebrew Bible would be chapter 4 because in, the, in a Hebrew Bible, they break 
this up in uh, chapter 2 up into two more chapters around uh, verse 27 uh, they end chapter 2 and start chapter 3 and so chapter 2 in your Greek and English Bible is chapter 2 and chapter 3 and so since we already gone all the way through 2 we already did chapter 3 in the Hebrew Bible but now we're going to do chapter 3 in the Greek Bible, which is chapter 4 in the Hebrew Bible. Did I confuse you with all that? <laughs> so anyway, I know that some people are going to call me out on the fact that I said 3 and 4. But you have to remember, I'm looking at both the Greek and the Hebrew and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I'm dyslexic. <laughs> so yeah, occasionally I will misspeak. But uh, if you find me in error, okay, let's take a look at it. But uh, let's look and try to find the truth and not just try to find me in error. So anyway, so all we really have to look at is chapter 3 here. And chapter 3 is only 21 verses long. And so it's not a very long chapter. But we're going to do a little review of where we've been. And maybe we'll come up with some more new stuff because every time I read these things, Holy Spirit reminds me of some other aspects because everything is connected like you know Peter is quoting Joel in Acts 2 Revelation is referencing uh, Joel Joel is got verses and phrases in it that are definitely from Hosea and Amos and and lots of other um, different uh, prophets and books of the Bible. I mean, you can go through, um, you know, I mean, Isaiah 13.6 and Ezekiel 30, um, the first few verses of Ezekiel 30, you know, that, that, that's connected to Joel, first chapter of Joel, around verse 15. And so, and like I said, Revelations is connected to Joel 1, verse 6, and Joel 2, uh, the first ten verses of the second chapter of Joel. And, you know, Psalms 126 is connected to the first chapter of Joel, verses 20 and 21. And uh, Malachi, Amos, uh, you know, Zephaniah, uh, all these are connected uh, to the second chapter of Joel. And there's been debate as to whether or not somebody added to Joel, kind of finished Joel. And, you know, most scholars agree that that's probably not the case. There does seem to be a shifting of the gears, but in, and of course that's reasonable. If you, if you read it, you realize he's talking about what you've done wrong and the consequences of what you've done wrong, because we live in a cause and effect universe. And he's talking about the blessings that will come if you repent and think differently and act upon what you are given or revealed as you sober up when you start to do that sacrifice that we talked about this morning, this fast uh, and sacrifice, this consecrated fast, which is the sacrifice, you're, sacri- you're giving up the rewards of unrighteousness. I should put a link on the page to rewards of unrighteousness so you can read that article so you can find out what they are. 
But that's all what the rewards of the covetous practice is, the benefits that you get at the expense of your neighbor. See, you're supposed to be loving your neighbor, not extracting funds or putting your neighbor into debt or your neighbor's children into debt. So, anyway, lots of these books, even Obadiah um, and uh, Ezekiel 36, 11, and Ezekiel is full of prophecies that have to do with today. Uh, the reality is, is that, you know, I, I pointed out just really briefly in the two-hour show this morning, I just touched on it, that there is some description in Joel that sounds like he's not talking about Judea, but talking about another location. <laughs> but I'm just going to hint at it, maybe. The whole, let the Holy Spirit tell you what the heck I'm talking about. But anyway... In, when you get into the, this last chapter, chapter 3, chapter 4 in the Hebrew, then you start running into Amos and Obadiah and Micah and these other minor prophets as well as Isaiah who is, you know, a major prophet or what they call a major prophet. I don't know how anybody would count any of these minor or major, but it's just a way of categorizing them. They're not minor. Um, and then, when they mention the lament of the virgin, uh, what, what, why is the virgin lamenting? <laughs> she should be happy. She's a virgin, right? Well, there were virgins that Jesus mentions, and uh, there were virgins that were happy, and there were virgins who were locked out. And so you don't want to be one of those locked out virgins. So people who think that they're separate and they're, they're not in the system of the world and they're saved and all this stuff and maybe they aren't taking the rewards of unrighteousness, they may just be foolish virgins and they may still get locked out. And, uh, we had the same analogy in another parable that Jesus talks about where they don't have any wedding garments. They have come but they have no wedding garments. How do you get wedding garments? The, the whole idea of garments, you got to go read our article on breaches. Because you're supposed to be sewing the breaches of your ministers. At least the, the, the Israelites had to sew the breaches of the Levites. And according to the earliest church writings, the ministers of Christ took over the role of what the Levites were supposed to be doing. Which had nothing to do with piles of stone and burning up sheep. But anyway, they... so. There was an interesting line that we've already gone over and we won't go back to it, but uh, where they talk about that you don't rent your garments. You don't tear your garments. Well, again, why would you tear your garments? And uh, the reality is, is, this is the same reason I tell you, and maybe you'll get part of this. I'm giving you hints on how the pieces of the puzzle go together. That you don't tear your garments... The same as we don't tell you that if, if you're a Catholic, or if you're a Baptist, or you're a Seventh-day Adventist, or you're, I don't know, some other denomination, we don't say that if you join the network, you have to stop going to those other churches. If you start listening to what we're preaching, what I'm preaching at least, I can't, I don't, I don't tell other people what to preach. There are other people preaching what I'm saying, but a lot of them know me, and there may be other people. Actually, I have come across some people that are very close to what I'm saying. But the reality is we don't say that you can't go to these other churches. We say that if the Holy Spirit wants you to go, you go. You should go. You should not stop going because of anything I say. 
You stop going because the Holy Spirit tells you to stop going. And if it doesn't tell you to stop going, then go ahead and keep going. You may be the only one bringing the Holy Spirit into there. If you bring the Holy Spirit into there and they're not of the Holy Spirit, they will cast you out eventually. And if they cast you out, you do not be forlorn. You pray for them and bless God because God is giving you enough truth that the children of darkness don't want you around. <laughs> you may be becoming a children of light. And that's that's where you want to go. You want to become the children of light, but you also want to become the soldiers of God, the ministers of God. You want to become the you want to become the light on the candle stand that sends the cockroaches scurrying right now. This is what I was saying this morning, is that the corruption that we see in modern government that is strangling, trying to move everybody to socialist, uh, which is just extreme covetous practices. Communism is, you know, covetous practices on steroid. Uh, but they can't seem to stop them. The, the side that is supposedly opposing them, which is supposedly be the conservative or Republicans or whatever, they can't stop them. Why? Because they're not children of light either. And we pointed out some of them, just named a few. I mean, it's probably a big long list, but I, I'm not going to spend all my day trying to find all their corruption. It's there. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to find it out. I shared some things on Facebook, but they're probably shadow banned. But, uh, we'll, we'll start putting, if you join the network at Preparing You, we're going to start sending a lot of that stuff to the network at Preparing You so that people can see what we're talking about, and they can learn at their own pace and as they see fit. But uh, it's only a matter of time before we're banned more and more. So anyway, so we're in Joel 3 in the English Greek Bible, in the King James Bible, and uh, which is equivalent to Joel 4 in the Hebrew Bible. And we're taking a look at it to see what it is that they're actually talking about in Joel 3. And it says, it starts off, For behold, in those days, and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity, captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations, and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will plead with them there, for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered amongst the nations and parted my land. Now, first thing that we need to understand, you know, they mentioned Israel, they mentioned Judah, and they mentioned Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a place of double peace. That's what Jerusalem means. Judah is actually a place of the law. Israel is a place where God prevails. So all these are not necessarily geographical locations. Remember, the people are scattered everywhere. Now, gathering the people does not necessarily mean gathering them to a particular location on the face of the earth. Although there will be locations and uh, and water springing up in the desert and all these other things... But the real essence to understanding the message of Christ is to understand it in the Spirit. And this is what people have to do is understand it in the Spirit. 
if you uh, look up the word Jehoshaphat, which means Jehovah as judge. So, like I said, we've already lost the battle. I mean, the United States has already lost the battle. American U.S. citizens have already lost the battle. They're already back in the bondage of Egypt. Uh, they're they're already back under tribute. Uh, they through covetous practices they have made themselves merchandise, human resources. And we explain all this on the website. You can go and read the articles. Just look up merchandise. Just look up um, cursed children. Uh, we have an article, because that's what it says, through covetous practices you will curse children. This is what it tells you in the New Testament. And, of course, this is what they're telling you in the minor prophets as well. And there's going to become a judgment, because we live in a cause and effect universe. Certain things are going to happen because we made certain choices. Our parents made certain choices. Our grandparents made certain choices. But all we have to do is repent. In other words, start thinking differently than what we've been told or what we have made a habit of thinking and go the other way. It will require God running out and meeting us and it will require the miracles of God to save us because we have gone so far down the road they now think they can make their move and destroy you as a people and destroy your seed as a people. They, they want to annihilate you off the face of the earth. And if they leave humans on the earth, humanity, that's what I said, that I've read in letters I've read from, from people who are getting a little bit of insight. So I read their letters and their comments. And I'm going to do more of that. I have lots more in my notes that I see that some people are getting little pieces of the puzzle. They're talking about this being a war on humanity. And it is a war on humanity. They don't want mankind. I don't like the word humanity, but man. It's a word to either subdue man as a slave permanently by his own will, where he submits himself, or annihilate him. Now, evil cannot annihilate man. It doesn't have the right to do it. If it does, it knows it will incur the wrath of God on it. But it can get man to annihilate man. And that's what you see with these shooters. And that's what you see, you know, in Rwanda and you're going to see in South Africa. Man annihilating man. And the only defense you're going to have against it, I mean, I'm not telling you not to own a gun or anything like that. But do not put your faith in the weaponry of men. Because you're really not warring against men. You're warring against principalities in the high places of the minds of men that are controlling men and turning millions of men into those assassin shooters that go around and kill people indiscriminately. The spirit is invading those people in their minds. And how does it get there? How does it turn the people into these perfect savages? 150 years before Christ, Polybius told you. Because the people have become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for their livelihood on the property of others through those covetous practices, they are degenerated into perfect savages. And then, of course, they're going to find once more a monarch and a king, and it won't be Saul. And if it was Saul, Saul would be driven mad. Only Christ was the only king that I know of that was not driven mad to one degree or another. David was being driven mad, but at least David repented time and time again. He screwed up a lot. And, of course, that gets all the press. But he, one of the things you see him doing that a lot of the other guys did not do is he repented. 
So, you can't do anything about whether your king is going to repent, but you can certainly repent. So, anyway, like I said, this word Jehoshaphat has to do with God's judgment, which is built into the system. It's not like God just runs out of patience. It's already built in. You you go down a certain road, you're going to end up at the end of that road. Whatever is sitting there at the end of that road is going to be your fate. In order to get back to where you need to be, you need to turn around and go the opposite way. So if you've been slothful in charity and uh, indulgent in covetous practices, if you have been drunk, as we talked about this morning, and you could also talk about in Proverbs, if you've been a sluggard, then you're going to have to be more diligent and turn around and go the other way. Because you're going to end up in that valley of judgment. So in verse 3 of chapter 3, we see, And they have cast lots for my people, and having given a boy for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine, that they might drink. So what is that about? Well, you know, we have uh, people like, what is it, QAnon, um uh, rumors floating around. There's a lot of other. It's not just QAnon, but there, there's a lot of rumors of, uh, and and there's a lot of evidence that it is going on. Where you know, if you watch some of the Glenn Beck stuff, he has people come on that are actually rescuing children that have been turned into sex life, boys and girls. That is evidence of a spirit that is becoming more and more prominent. But the reality is. That when you take these benefits, somebody was just talking to me about somebody who is collecting Social Security. Yeah, but I, I, I get those. And he was at a meeting and he asked, so who here is getting government benefits? And everybody at the meeting was getting government benefits. Everybody. And some of them was just getting Social Security. And they said, well, yeah, but I paid into that. I earned that. Well, we, we show you that in their rules, you have no earned right to any payment from Social Security. And Social Security has been bankrupt from the beginning. It has never been a solvent fund. Because the Supreme Court ruled right out of the box, and again in the 60s, I think it was 66, and we have all that quoted on the website. You can go look up Social Security. You can go look up Corbin. You can go look up all these things. And they will show you the actual records that Social Security was bankrupt from the beginning. As a matter of fact, they started it because the government was bankrupt and it needed a greater surety for the debt. It had run out of assets and the Federal Reserve was withholding loaning money until you had more assets. So they added a new asset, you. And they numbered the asset because you got to count your assets, right? <laughs> you got to make an accounting of them. And they, they had... Uh, they had opposition to this because some people actually know how the legal system works. I've been put in a place because of my own personal history, my own background. My, I mean, I was being moved in this as a chess piece of God before I was born. My father was summa cum laude, uh, attorney, highest scorer on the Texas bar exam, speaking in front of the American Bar Association and and uh, he understood how the system worked. He knew there was a corruption to it. And when I finally began to write the first book that I was writing, uh, long story, I took the first chapter or two to him and said, what do you, what do you think? And uh, Covenants of the Gods. And he said, I was right. 
which was I was really surprised, but it was the way in which he said I was right. After studying it in great detail, he says, but they're not going to like you. I think my father knew it from the beginning, but he didn't know what to do with it. But he followed out where he God put him, and that allowed him to help me put, you know, help God put me where I needed to be. <laughs> and so, you know, I have given that license to my own children to follow where God is allowing them to go. And I do the same with you. I know you cannot have a free society unless you extend freedom to your neighbor. You cannot create a free society by forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. All the money that you contributed to take care of the needy of society in your social security payment has been used up to take care of the needy of society. It is not on deposit for you. That's what you should have been consecrating as a sacrifice in a free will offering to take care of the needy of your society when America was becoming great, we were doing that everywhere. We were doing it for, you know, my own great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, I had to go back a ways, was helping slaves escape in the Underground Railroad. And there was a reason why he, I mean, and he suffered persecution because of that. He was kicked out of his church because he did that. He, they got into another church that thought that that was okay. <laughs> so, you know, and, uh, and his father, uh, yeah, his father had died on the missions because he had been kind of kicked out of the same church, uh, and then let back in because he went and joined the Virginia Regiment during the American Revolution. So we have a long history of getting kicked out of churches. And so the idea of telling you you can't go to a church or you can't do this or you can't do that, I want you to understand the principles and I want you to come and seek those principles and strive to those principles of righteousness as your personal choice. Because we cannot have a free society. It's not the perfect law of liberty unless we extend that liberty to others. So back to that verse 3. And they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for a harlot and sold a girl uh, for wine and they that they might drink. You have cursed your children. This is what they're talking about. Through your covetous practices because you wanted that wine to drink, that that those benefits that you have gotten drunk on. And it, yes, that eventually, that spirit will manifest itself into child trafficking. But child trafficking is the symptom of the sin. The sin is, is that you desired benefits at the expense of your children because you're borrowing money against the future of your children to obtain those benefits. You see? That's how it works. That's what you're doing. Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon and all the coasts of Palestine? Those are symbolic places. It's not just those specific places. But it's they're symbolic as well. Because there's always layers to this. Because this is cloaked in metaphors and allegories. If they came out and told you exactly what they were talking about, this book would have been censored and you would not have ever seen it. This is one of the things I was actually realizing today is that if you play your cards right, Google, <laughs> although Google does ban us to some degree. They don't have banned us, but they... 
we, we don't show up on the searches as easy. So you have to be more specific when you're looking for us at hisholychurch.org or preparingyou.com and get into the network so that you actually make human contact. And so therefore, they when they try to separate us all and disconnect us all, we will still have connections. This is very important because persecution is coming. You haven't really seen real persecution yet, although you're seeing the spirit of it coming. So anyway, and if you recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because ye have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my godly, pleasant things, the children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem, which are two different groups, Jerusalem, double peace, Judah, the law, children of the law, and the children of the double peace, have ye sold unto the Grecians that ye might remove them far from their borders. Where's the borders? It's in the the arms of God. That's that's the borders of Jerusalem and Judah. Uh, because the law is the law of love. All the law hinges on what? Two things. Love God, the character of God, this giver of life. Not taker of life, but giver of life. And to love thy neighbor as thyself. That's all the law. So all the laws of Judah are based on those two principles. Jerusalem is when you following the law... In spirit and in truth, in the flesh and in your very spirit, you are letting God write upon your heart and your mind. They are selling you. And they say to the Grecians, well, what does the Grecians represent? Because it's not really to Greece. That ye might remove from afar from their borders. Their borders are the arms of God. The protection of God. You want the protection of God back? You have to repent, think a different way, and go a different way. Start doing what Christ commanded. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Start taking care of one another in faith, hope, and charity. And stop depending on the benefits of benefactors who exercise authority one over the other and operate through force, fear, and violence. Bringing you under fealty. In the bondage of Egypt. Behold, I will raise them out of the place, whether ye have sold them, and will return your recompense upon your own head. And I will sell your sons and daughters into the hands of the children of Judah, and they shall sell them to the Sabians. To a people far off. So that's what they call the Sabians. A people far off. For the Lord hath spoken it. So what is that all about? To people far off. Where where are those people going? <laughs> Who are the Sabians? I don't know if we have time to go into all this. So um, the reality is, is that the, the, these are, this, is, this is a prophetic book. It's all full of prophecies. Telling you how certain things work and how they don't work. And so we have this word, the Sabians, which is, uh, you know, it appears a number of times in the Bible. But it's not always translated from the same word. Uh, in, in Joel, they actually use a different word than you find in other places. And the word there in the Hebrew is Sheba. Sh- uh, Shem, be it. 
Allah, Yad. So, what what is the Shiba? Yeah, is the the full word. Actually, they can actually be original letters, but it, it means drunkard. That uh, he who is coming, the people of the nations of Sheba, but specifically it can mean drunkard, somebody who is is like under intoxication, under a spell, uh, under the control of something else. Again, we're in this cause and effect universe. And, uh, but it also refers to he who is coming. So, evil is coming upon us. And those that are coming upon us will be taking away those that do not repent. And they will, they will be devouring them and destroying them. So, you get a, you get to make that choice. Um, cause he says, I will raise them out of a place whether ye have sold them. Whither ye have sold them. So even though you are slaves, God will intervene. But if you want him to intervene for you, you have to make the choice of seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in order to do that, you have to see that the way you've been thinking ain't right. And I will sell your sons, those that are selling them, you know, the prophets of the beast. They will be uh, sell them to those that are you know, drunk with this power of evil and are are going to take you far off. So, you know, wh- where is that far off? Where, where where are they taking you? To another dimension? <laughs> to some other place? Uh, well, maybe all of the above. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Remember, we're warring against principalities in high places. We're warring against the spirit that is occupying the minds of those who will come against you. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. So that's the reverse of beating your swords into plowshares. He's saying beat your plowshares into swords. But again, I'm not necessarily talking about temporal weapons. I'm not excluding temporal weapons, but I'm not, this is not what will give you the real power. The real power is righteousness, because that's what you're supposed to be seeking. And he says, let the weak say, I am strong. And you will be strong in the Lord, but you have to repent and stop doing what has brought us to this point. Assemble yourselves. And of course we know Christ said to gather in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. So this is how you are to assemble yourselves. And come all ye heathen and gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will sit. There will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. In Ezekiel, uh, and I don't usually see, I'm trying to think if I can remember, if they've ever tied some of the Ezekiel prophecies to this particular prophecy of Joel. But they should have. Because what he's talking about is that hook in the mouth that he's bringing the people to the valley of Jehoshaphat. 
And the hook in the mouth that you see over there in these other prophets is actually contract agreements. See, we have a number of uh, high-up government officials. Actually, Biden has made all kinds of agreements with China um, over there on the Republican side. And we talked about this this morning just briefly. We just mentioned it. We're not going to go into the details. That's their government. I want you to seek the kingdom of God. But uh, Mitch McConnell, he sold out to the Chinese a long time ago. He's He's got millions uh, through his interaction with them. And, of course, we just heard about the, the Swalwell uh, been sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> Literally sleeping with a Chinese uh, spy for some time. And he wants to take all your guns away from you. But, again, guns are not your salvation. Not that you can't have them. I can't, I can't regulate uh, your choices. I, I, I give you the freedom of choice. But we've written, does a Christian have a right to self-defense? What You read that. that When I originally wrote that for News of Views, and it's it's quite long. It's a three or four part series. I don't remember how many parts there is to it, but you you can find them at News of Views. And, um, and we have links from His Holy Church. Um, I was contacted by a police school that asked if they could use this in their studies. Because they were, they were a training outfit for police departments. I think they were located in Florida. But anyway, they wanted it because they thought it was so right on and explained how this, how our right to self-defense works. And I don't know if they understood everything that is in there because as usual, I put a lot of things between the lines. And you won't, you won't be able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together without the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is because the journey is the destination. I don't want to take the journey away from you by just laying everything out on a silver platter. That's where John the Baptist's head went. I want it to be laid out like breadcrumbs in the forest so you can find your way to the kingdom of God. So, put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Um, come, get you down, for the press is full, and the fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. And that's what we're seeing happening, and there's more coming. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision. You don't want to wait till you're in the valley of decision. You want to start making that decision now. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. We talked about that uh, this this morning when we were reading, because it's it's mentioned more than one one place in in the Bible, in in Joel. So the sun and the moon shall be darkened. The Lord shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. That's the people who have God written on their hearts and on their minds. The double peace. And the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Again, Israel is the place that God prevails. This has nothing to do with the protectorate over there. That you in established government. That it, I'm not against that government, but that is not the Israel they're talking about because their statutes break almost every rule in the book. 
uh, and I could go down a long list, but we don't have the time. So let's just keep clipping along here to get to that last verse. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no stranger pass through her any more. And that's where you want to be. And what will protect you is the Spirit of God dwelling in you. It's not you. It's not your cleverness. It's certainly not the Constitution. It's not the President of the United States. But it's the power of God dwelling in you. And if you want that to grow in you, you want it to grow in others. And you have to be willing to lay down your life for your fellow man so that you may pick up your life more abundantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine. And the hills shall flow with milk, and all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters, and a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord, and shall water the valley of Shittim. What is the valley of Shittim? Well, we maybe get a chance to look at that. Let's go on to verse 19. Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness. Now, Egypt, when they say Egypt, it means bondage. Bondage shall be a desolation. Edom shall be a desolate wilderness. So, what's Edom? Well, look up the word. See if you can figure it out. For the violence against the children of Judah, the children of the law, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. Now, again, when I say Judah is the children of the law, I'm not talking about the Pharisees' law. I'm talking about the actual, you know, there is a law of God. And again, it hinges on those two things, to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And those, and you need to be a child of Judah and a child of Israel. A child of, let's put it this way, a, a child of Judah, uh, a uh, inhabitant of Israel <laughs> and a citizen of Jerusalem. That's that's your goal. You know, you want to be a citizen of the double peace of God, writing upon your heart and your mind. You want to be, you want to be an inhabitant of a place protected by God, and you want to be the children of the law of God, which is the law of love. Okay. So when I mention things like the law, there's people that are going to say, "Oh, he thinks we're saved by the law." No, no, no. You don't even know what you're talking about. But anyway, but Judah shall dwell forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation. So Judah dwells forever. The law is forever. The, the the law of God was set in motion with creation. It is there forever. You can't take that away. It's not going away. The law of God and the law of Pharisees comes and goes. And, and those handwritten ordinances of the Pharisees were nailed to the cross. But the law of God, that's it, that continues in creation. And you're still subject to it. So if you violate it, there will be cause and effect. But Jerusalem, that double piece, is from generation to generation. And so how you pass that to the next generation is by way of love and by way of sacrifice. Every generation comes by the sacrifices of the generation before it. And then in verse 21, For I will cleanse their blood 
that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwelleth in Zion. Now, there are layers and layers of meaning there. Cleanse the blood. Here we are on, on the verge of having 7 billion people vaccinated by a, a vaccine that is patented by the Chinese. <laughs> At least, you know, the part of the vaccine is uh, patent held by the Chinese. And they've generated a synthetic uh, antigen that they're going to in, want to inject in 7 billion people so that those cells of those 7 billion people, certain cells in your body of those 7 billion people, will begin to replicate that uh, that DNA antigen that is patented by the Chinese. <laughs> And uh, so you're about to enter the war of Gog and Magog. And uh, so how do we cleanse your blood of that if you end up having to get the vaccine? Well, God has already started that process. and um, But they're working hard too. The thing is, is you want to be on the side of the Lord. So when we talk about this new wine, what are we talking about? There's actual word there that they have that they talk about that is the new wine. And uh, it's from the word that means crush or press. And, uh, but the, it's also translated sweet wine or juice, uh, sweet wine pressed out of juice. So, you know, some people say it's wine not fermented, uh, but the reality is, is that what the, this new wine is, it's the wine of Christ. It, it's, it's the, the sweet wine of Christ. It's not the vinegar, <laughs> although the vinegar can be medicinal. Uh, it's, it's not going to intoxicate you. Uh, it's actually going to awaken you. And so when they talk about the new wine, that is something you need to actually understand. So we only have about six minutes left. Now, if you go to the page, you go to preparingyou.com. And I, like I said, I may add some more to this. And eventually I want to put a lot of these pages over at hisholychurch.org. And then uh, you can, and we have ways in which you can copy these pages and print them out in a PDF. There's uh, over on the left hand side. Um, there is a printable version that you can create yourself and uh, download it and print it out and share it with your friends use it for Bible studies. And these recordings will eventually be put there so that you can download them and take them to your Bible studies and share them with others. It's very important that you do that. That what we give you freely, you need to give freely to others. Because this this is how you turn down the way of Christ. So in our comments section, just to give you an idea, we don't have time to go through it all, is what was the sin of Israel that brought destruction? And Joel mentions the palm worm. Uh, And so what's the palm worm? We talked about it this morning. Isaiah speaks of God's righteousness shall be forever from generation to generation. And of course, you remember Noah, he was saved because he was righteous in his generation. Daniel talks about the kingdom of God and his dominion is from generation to generation. And of course, Jesus talks about calling the man on earth father. And we've written an article uh, and uh, chapters uh, called No Man Father. Everybody knew what he meant when he said that at that time because they the particular word that he used that was both a Latin and Greek word for father and what that word meant at the time and why you were to pray to your father in heaven and evidently not the fathers of the earth 
And, of course, today, most Christians pray to the fathers of the earth. And if you don't understand that, go look up uh, our articles on Father. Which is why Joel also does the same here in, in Joel 3. If we dwell in Jerusalem, which means the double peace, we explain that, and have a live link there to an article on Jerusalem so you can understand that. We have a lot of those, and like I said, I'm going to probably add some more before I get all the audios in, but there's only 24 hours in a day, and even though I don't sleep a lot, uh, there's a lot of work to be done, and the workers are few. You need to become a worker. Not because I need your help, not because God needs your help, but because you need to help others. Because as you care for others, your voice becomes louder in the ears of God. The reason he does not hear you when you cry out is because you didn't care about others. You turned over your responsibilities to commanders in chief like Saul. And he forced the contributions of the people to establish his army. You should have never done that. You can't have a well-regulated militia if you do that. You won't have one. There's all kinds of people I know that think that they're, they're their militia. They're not. They're, they're certainly not a well-regulated militia. Regulated mean organized. But Christ didn't start out organizing a militia, but he did command that the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And if caring people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, and this is what I was mentioning real briefly this morning, these cell groups... Uh, there's a guy promoting cell groups, and he's, he, he talks about groups of eight. It's funny. They they believe that that is the best and, because somebody wrote it. But the reality, uh, throughout history, for thousands of years, ten has been the number. <laughs> but I don't want to quibble over that. If you get in a cell group, you can be eight or ten or nine or twelve. But the reality is that, that coming together was absolutely essential. But there's a lot in the side footnotes, and maybe we'll do another show on that. But uh, join the network, ask the question, and we will add the answer as quickly as we can. But uh, until then, all I can say is peace upon your house, and may God be with you. And uh, join us on the network, preparingyou.com, hisholychurch.org. Join the network, form the network of living people and living souls, and seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.